The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Master Mai, good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line on MASH Radio. Friday lunchtime, live from Douglas in the Isle of Man, and your chance to have your say about what's on your mind. Lots of people talking about the fact that the uh, Solby Cladder campsite is going to be out of bounds. Uh, no campsite bookings have been taken for the Solby Cladder site for TT 2023. Lots of stuff uh, kicking off on social media last night. We'll look at that uh, in a bit and whatever else is on your mind. Ian's first on Man in Line today. Hi, Ian. Oh, good morning, Andy. Um, If you remember back to Monday's programme, unfortunately, I was up at the top of a ladder doing some painting, so I wasn't in a position to respond. But June came on and requested I explain some, give some additional explanation on the information I gave you the previous week. Um, and I'm now in a position to do so. OK, new readers start here. This is all about heat pumps and solar panels, yeah? <clears throat> That's correct, yes. Uh, so in sort of order of uh, June's questions, as I remember them, he wanted to know what part of the island I was in, given that solar panels, he believed, would perform much better in the north than the south. Well, to be honest, I'm in the west, in the middle. Um, so I'd probably be fairly representative of uh, the island generally. Um, the second thing he observed quite correctly, and I no intended deception on my part, is that I spend some time of the year in Spain. Uh, basically, I spend as much of the 90 days that I'm in, entitled to spend in Spain since Brexit in the six summer months. Um, and the effect of that on on uh, my electricity bill in summer is approximately £9 per month. So that would work out for the three months, the 90 days, about £27. So I said originally that my actual bill for the entire year was 183 That would take us to £210. I also spend approximately, uh, well, between 50 and 60 days through the other half of the year. Um, and that would, the difference in, in uh, the saving then by being away would vary from something of the order of £14 a month. So were I away in, in, uh, for the whole of December, that would, make, that would make a significant difference of about £75 in consumption. Um, I think that clarifies <coughs> that situation. The third thing he wanted to know was how much the Spanish government subsidy was. Um, (laughs) That actually is a misunderstanding of the proposition I put forward. 
the reason why for years we didn't install solar panels in Spain was that the previous governments, the present Spanish government, decided that they would tax people who uh, were connected to the grid and generated electricity and supplied electricity to the grid. They would tax any uh, electricity supplied to the grid as earnings, but then still charge you 21% VAT uh, on any electricity you took back from the grid. Um, that had a major effect in blocking private development of solar power in Spain. The reason for that was because basically Spanish governments are much in the pocket of the two main utility companies for electricity, Iberdrola and Endesa. Iberdrola and Endesa once suddenly cheap supplies of, of gas and oil um, became a problem in the last two years, uh, then uh, suddenly changed their attitude. So now in Spain, if I put solar panels on my property, which I probably will do in the next few months, um, not only is there help towards the installation costs from the company, but also they operate basically a battery rental scheme. Now it's a virtual battery. When you supply electricity to the grid, you are credited with the number of units. And when you take electricity from the grid, you can draw those units that you're credited with back before you're charged. And in Spain, for most people, that means that you end up in credit with the utility company. Uh, you pay a standing charge for that facility, which is currently just short of seven euros a month. So you, so you, you get you get back like for like what you put in. in that's what that's what's on offer in Spain at the moment. Yes. My um, word. So, uh, and that's all down to politics and the fact that the pri the wholesale price of electricity has gone up. Yes, yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, the uh, electricity prices in Spain have been a nightmare because they literally would have, for, for since the war broke out in the Ukraine, they have been varying, they were initially varying by the day. Uh, they had you could get a tariff with three different rates, but you did not know what those rates were going to be from day to day. And for a time, your uh, off-peak rate was almost as much as your uh, middle rate, and that was only slightly less than the top rate. And we're talking eye-watering amounts for, for a brief period of time. So there, there is a real push. I mean, Spain is absolutely perfectly provided. It has a great number of mountain ranges with wind power, uh, developments. If you drive from Alicante to Madrid, you go through 11 different mountain ranges where you can see on, on the skyline um, wind turbines every two or three hundred meters. The Spanish love it. They don't think it's an eyesore. They think it's a wonderful forward-looking way of helping to combat climate change. Um, 
I can't, I can't understand the attitude, frankly, in many people in Britain. Uh, I can understand the fact that the oil companies, which are mega multinational companies, the governments with great reserves, such as the Middle East, Russia, Norway, for that matter, uh, stand to lose trillions and trillions if there is a major switch to renewable energy. Um, I'm not an evangelist. I think, as far as the Isle of Man is concerned, we will always have to have some backup uh, facility. It's quite right. The, the wind doesn't blow all the times. I can promise Julian that it blows far more frequently than once every seven days. Most modern turbines work effectively over a considerable variation in, in wind speeds. When you see wind farms not, rot not rotating, it doesn't automatically mean they're getting paid not to rotate. It doesn't automatically mean there's not enough wind. Often, they're switched down to servicing. Sometimes it's more efficient to shut a whole segment down. It appears like there's no wind. So do you think, uh, Ian, do you, do you think the Alabama yeah. government could learn something from the Spanish experience? I, I think the one thing I absolutely believe, and I am com completely... I, Basically, when we ventured the money to put in our system, we would, it was a bit of blind faith. Because we were fortunate we had the money available, it was earning a pitiful interest rate so that basically you were losing everything against the cost of inflation. Um, if we live long enough, we get our money back. If we don't, the kids will get it. Well, they were going to get it anyway. So that sense, it makes no difference. I am, it has surpassed my expectations. And as I pointed out originally, my, our roofs are not ideally placed. We have only got four south-facing panels. We've got three east-facing panels and seven west-facing panels. The difference in production there's probably the west-facing panels each produce about 20% less than the south-facing panels. The east-facing panels, and I don't quite understand why, are slightly more efficient than the west. Um, I honestly believe that the government should insist that all new-build properties, which are, if you like, individual res residences, should have a minimum of three and a half kilowatts uh, capability in the form of solar panels. Okay, Ian, we appreciate you clearing all that up, and certainly the the uh, the perspective regarding Spain. And uh, I mean, this is coming towards everybody now. Uh, do you? I mean, do you have confidence that the Alaman government's got the right idea about this, and that we're on the right trajectory? Uh, I would like to know more about their plans. You you may remember I did mention to on air probably about 18 months ago a company called Highview Power. 
who have been developing and are rapidly developing now. It's gone from the sort of theoretical stage to they have major contracts uh, in different parts of the world, including Manchester, for uh, cryo, effectively, um, not cryogenic storage of, of uh, energy, but they liquefy air and use that, store that liquefied air. And uh, to, rather than me explain it, anybody who's remotely interested, simply Google high view power. Okay. Read about it. We'll it take a look at that. Ideal for the Isle of Man balancing out energy availability. Good. All right. Well, Ian, thanks for clearing all that up and uh, thanks for calling. Have a good weekend. And you. Cheers now. Thanks for that. I want to go to Pearl, who's with us. Hi, Pearl. Hey, good day, Andy. How are you going? I'm fine. Whereabouts are you, Pearl? I'm in Darwin, Australia. Northern Territory. Yeah, I've just learned in the last two or three weeks that I could listen to the man in line online, so to speak. So I have been listening, and I really have to ask, Andy, um, everyone on the Isle of Man, when they call you, they all seem to be so negative about anything. And I have to ask, is there anything positive happening on the island? Have you got any connection with the Isle of Man, Pearl? Uh, only about 250 relatives. Oh, well, that's right. Well, they'll probably tell you... Um, how can, what, what's the best way I can put this? You know that saying that says you're always hardest on the ones that you love? Yeah. It comes under that heading. Yeah. It, it comes... I've, I've only been listening, Andy, now. I've only been listening for the last three weeks. Oh, Pearl. And I've Pearl. just been waiting and waiting for, for someone to say something positive about the Isle of Man, something good about it, and I'm, I'm not hearing it. Oh. If I was a stranger and never, never been to the island, I wouldn't be rushing there. Tell me, what's positive about Darwin? Well, what's positive about Darwin, I'll tell you, it's never cold. In actual fact, Andy, at this precise moment, it's... Um, tropical raining we have monsoon rains and it's a cool 24 degrees 24 degrees and it's 24 degrees yes it's quite cold i've got my socks on <laughs> well of course uh, but, darwin's um, darwin's closer to indonesia than sydney isn't it yes it is yes yes but never mind darwin the isle of man can you just get people to call up and say positive there must be some positive things happening on the isle of man and i have to say again um i do tend to hear the same people complaining about the same things <laughs> and we're called the village yeah. voice pearl yeah, and they do like the sound of their own voice, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I love yes. it. I know I can say this, Andy. You know, I've been told, you're not allowed to say that, Pearl, but I am and I can and I have. Hey, Pearl, you can say whatever yes, you, you know, want. You know what? You know what? The Isle of Man is a beautiful place and you are so lucky to be living there. So, you know, just um, smarten up and say something nice. Stop come being a, negative. Come and see us soon, Pearl. It's good to hear from you. I do. I come often. Yeah. Come and see us next time. We'll put the kettle on. Thanks for calling. I shall. Sure.
I shall look you up, Andy. All right. 22 minutes past 12 on Manx Radio. Um, uh, let's have some happy news then. Do you want some happy Let's con- congratulate somebody. Here's something to moan about. No campsites booking uh, have been taken for Sorby Claddocks for the TT 2023. The reassurance from the Environment, Food and Agriculture Minister, Claire Barber, she's denied that the government's anti-camping after banning overnight visitors. Unbelievable. Another freedom gone. Freedom to flourish, but we're closing all the best locations. This is absolutely ridiculous. This government is doing nothing to promote or encourage outdoor lifestyle. So much for encouraging visitors. Another nail in the Isle of Man's coffin. A flavour there of just some of the comments left by Manx Radio listeners following the announcement that the 2023 camping season has been stopped. Defer claims the common land area which it manages is running at a significant loss and is unsustainable. It also claims it needs to demolish the condemned toilet block. Claire Barber is the minister. We're also in conversation with the commissioners who've given an early indication that perhaps camping isn't the right future use for the site. So I think it's really a good time to reflect on that bigger picture. Is there something we can do better? Is what we're doing working? I think the feedback I've certainly had has been that actually it's not. And how can we make the best use of that land ultimately for the people of the Isle of Man for, for many more years to come? This is somewhere where maybe a lot of visitors who come up for TT camp. What about the people who maybe were considering camping there and this, you know, what's the message to them because their plans now presumably they need to look somewhere else? So we hadn't taken any reservations for this year and interestingly last year we did do some work actually um, identifying what space there was during TT, acknowledging that's probably one of the real peak times throughout the year and we were comfortable that there was capacity throughout the campsite established network um, around the island and camper van network that would have taken the demand that we could have um, had at Solby. So if there was a, a time when we couldn't operate, there is capacity elsewhere. And it's a part of the visit strategy to, to look at developing camper van stops. And certainly this isn't DEFA being anti-camping. In fact, quite the contrary, you know, we're actively looking at where there are areas within our department uh, estate that people can do um, camping, could use camper vans, and how we can tie that in, but in a more formal way, as opposed to the ad hoc way it seems to be at the moment. Is there a timeline for when people can expect to hear anything about the site? So we're hoping the consultation will come out um, probably sort of end of spring, early summer, um, and that will run throughout that period um, of the summer, and then we would seek to respond relatively quickly once that's happened. But obviously it depends on how many responses we get back. Claire Barber talking about uh, what's going to be happening at Solby Claddocks, or not, as the case may be. Uh, the decision to ban overnight camping at the Claddocks. What do you think about that? Text, email, call, and WhatsApp. Uh, Michael's on now. Hi, Michael. That's the my Andy. How are you? Well, I couldn't be. I'm trying to be happy after Pearl now. She's chided. <laughs> she's chided. I've put, I put an, a coat hanger in my mouth to smile. It's a, we can tell her, Pearl, it's a beautiful sunny day on the lovely Isle of Man. We're in, we have a hotel. We're preparing for the summer season, which we think was going to be very busy. And it's going to be perfect, but they're all barred from listening to what's colloquially known as the moaning line. I know, so, so, uh, <laughs> right, so all joking aside, um, I, I said, you know, you're always hardest on the ones that you love. Do you think we've got a bit of that? Do you think we do tend to criticise and we give more brickbacks than bouquets? Oh, definitely, Andy, yeah, for sure. But, you know, probably it's like newspapers. Nobody, news, nobody listens or watches the news 
for good news. It lasts about five minutes. They tried years ago. They tried. There was a good good news newspaper that came out. I think it lasted about six months. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, if you listen to the uh, Australian news, as I did a lot over the uh, Christmas period, it's all dim and gloom there as well. (laughs) Fantastic. So you're looking forward to a great summer season. Uh, Yeah, absolutely, Andy, yeah. That's good. So what can you tell us? Give us one thing we never knew about the Welbeck Hotel, Michael. Um, It was built in 1896, uh, just by where the old gate was to the Olympia complex. Okay, and tell me, how old's the lift? The lift in the Welbeck Hotel, 1987 for one of them and 2000 for the other one. Fantastic. All right, have a good (laughs) summer season, Michael. All right, thanks, Andy. Same to you. uh, Good to hear from you now. Uh, Julian's on Man in Line now. Hi, Julian. Hi, Andy. Um, Yeah, interesting hearing from Pearl in Darwin. Um, Excellent that we're getting such wide coverage around the place. Um, There was also a chap yesterday who was mentioning about... um, saying that some people who come on the Manning Line should go on the next boat because of complaining. Um, but I think part of the problem is is there are there's legislation coming into place from other jurisdictions which don't necessarily suit the Isle of Man. You know, things like 15-minute cities, um, you know, people worried about I, uh, the uh, food security on the island and the fact that we can be a bit self-sufficient, energy security, um, wind turbines being announced without any public consultation. And I think, Julian, Um, this is where we steer the line, because the Isle of Man obviously has got its own culture, it's got its own history, has never been in the United Kingdom, something that passes quite a few people by. So how do we navigate the, the modern world, the world that's coming racing towards us, and yet maintain our identity as the Isle of Man? Well, you see, the Isle of Man is unique in another way, the man in line. Because how many places can you call in and speak live your mind to senior politicians? I mean, you know, you've got something pretty unique going on. So that's part of the reason. You know, people tend to complain when there is no other outlet, uh, like the wind turbines. I mean, you've had all these announcements in the papers. Has there been consultation at all with people? I haven't seen one. Uh, Well, uh, what I will tell you, when you say there's nowhere else, uh, there are very few places, and, um, I mean, we don't talk much about the United Kingdom, but um, on the BBC, there are very few places where you can call in that have... We have five hours of public access every week on Man in Line, and there aren't many other places you get that. That tends to pass us by because, you know, we obviously can't listen to other radio stations. But it doesn't happen in many places, and it's uh, it's something that we... I think we need to... uh, uh, make sure we keep absolutely and you're really great because you allow diametrically opposed opinions to run their course you know as long as people don't get too offensive you let people say their mind and you know that's that's something quite rare these days um by the way just um i'm very grateful that ian came on and had a little chat about the, the questions as i mentioned the other day um you know the 90 days that he's not here does make quite a big difference if everyone on the island disappeared for three months of the year it would make quite a difference to how much energy is used um the other thing is spain is doing what they're doing because they've always taken out far more from the eu than they've ever paid in and i love spain but 
there's many countries, that have, there's only a handful of countries that have ever actually paid in more to the EU than taken out, including the UK. I mean, we've, I think it's a half trillion euros since uh, 73. Um, so, you know, that is another point, you know, people can make these great gestures, but they're not exactly doing it on their own, are they? No. All right, Julian, we're going to go now. Take, have a good weekend. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Andy. Cheers. All right, got a, a WhatsApp in from uh, 192. Said it's interesting. Pearl came on to complain that there are complaints on Man in Line. It's good to talk, it's how we get things done. So when you apply for a personal loan from Black Horse, you'll get support from one of our relationship managers who's there to talk you through your application. You could borrow up to £50,000 with up to seven years to pay it back, and you could receive your money within 24 hours of approval. Ready to talk? Go to blackhorseoffshore.co.uk to request a callback today. Finance subject to status. Applicants must be 18 or over. Office World at Spring Valley, the island's largest one-stop stationery shop, including an unrivaled selection of whiteboards, cork and novelty notice boards for home or office, and a full range of really useful storage boxes, including the latest neon colour collections. At Office World, we have thousands of your favourite stationery items, including the largest selection of printer inks in stock on island. Office World at Spring Valley. See Facebook for our latest offers. Office World! EPS just finished painting our house and we're delighted with the results. Very impressed with the speed, quality and standard of work. We would recommend EPS highly. House looks like new. Brilliant job from start to finish. EPS, transforming properties island-wide with a revolutionary Protex wall covering system. Guaranteed for 10 years. Visit eps.company for details. There's a waiting list, but it'll be worth it. A good job well done. Thank you, EPS. Tanya Dolores, Shoes and Accessories' fabulous new shop at 72 Parliament Street, Ramsey, opens March the 4th with a new men's shoe department and an even bigger ladies' shoe collection. Come and join us on the big opening day from 9.30 for a unique retail experience. We'll be offering one free pair of shoes to our first male customer and other exciting gifts, so don't miss out. Tanya Dolores, Shoes and Accessories. The perfect style, the perfect fit. Tonight on Manx Radio, road racing is back on the agenda as we broadcast live from the press launch for this year's Southern 100 Road Races. The revs go up, the gears are engaged, the watch the lights and away they go. As we look ahead to all the meetings at Balan this year, our coverage begins at 7 o'clock and you can listen to the launch at Morton Hall in Castletown via the AM player at manxradio.com, the Manx Radio smartphone app and AM 1368. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. All going to be happening tonight with Rob Pritchard and Chris Kinley live in Castletown for the Southern 100 launch. David's on now. Hi, David. Hi, Andy. Uh, just a... Uh, um encourage Pearl to keep listening all the time there is things great things happening on the Isle of Man but when we uh, will have to rely on the, the media to pick up the good stories they maybe don't pick up all the good stories and it's always their bad headline or something different that's happening in the Isle of Man that get the centre page but I just want to thank really the Manx Lottery Trust I'm involved in a football club in Onken and we were awarded £50,000 towards our clubhouse and our facilities and the future of the club. And that, to me, is the biggest thing I've ever achieved uh, with others uh, that's going to go for the, for the future. And uh, there'll be people, when I've gone, will say, uh, 
we should have done this years ago. And there are a lot of kids out there who are going to have loads of summer activities, in, not just in Onkin, but in other places as well. So there's a lot of good things coming on. But just flipping back now to the campsite, which is common land. I remember that when I was in Parliament, the argument about who owned the land and it was designated as common land. The AG's office was involved and landowners and bits and pieces like that. But the common thing theme is here from uh, the Defa minister is all of a sudden it's derelict. The toilet block is derelict. Now, my sources tell me it's, it's not that, it's the Clygester. That's the sewage works underneath, which is only a, a big, um, if you've seen them, like a big board, a fuddle on top, bury them in the ground, and um, they look after them. So we're only talking about why a couple of grand there to put a new one in and get it fixed and get things organised. But I, I, I just think they've missed an opportunity, and they're gonna, she's going to have um, a consultation in the suburb. We've lost the summer, haven't we? What about those people that want to camp up in the north or near Kirk Michael and go to the Solby pub? Yeah. Well, we'll you see. Know. We'll see. All right, David, thanks for that. Have All a right. good weekend yourself. See it. Thanks for being with us. Just by the way, uh, the cutoff at noon today uh, was for nominations for LegCo candidates. There were 11 candidates for LegCo uh, registered. So, um, of course, as we get closer to that, we've spoken to most of them, but we'll be getting to talk to them. And, of course, we'll tell you as soon as the uh, replacements for the LegCo. Of course, uh, uh, Marlene Hendy has retired, but there were some others who were aiming to be... Uh, uh, re-elected. Uh, it's a big day today, massive day. And if you think what's happened over the past three years, it's the final autumn booster and first boosters today. Uh, today, through until one o'clock, there are boosters on offer at the Chester Street vaccination. How are we going to live without COVID-19 jabs? Tony's on now. Hi, Tony. Hi, Andy. How are you doing? Well, fine today. I'm trying to smile all the time, Tony. Yeah, I think, I think Pearl needs to realise the reason we come on here and complain isn't because we don't like the Isle of Man, it's because we love it so much and our politicians are not listening to the people that are coming on. What they're doing is doing what they think we sh they should do. And that's the reason you hear lots of people on here complaining, because the government doesn't listen. Um, three things. One, the idea that somebody from the DEFRA has decided to close a campsite because it's derelict is ludicrous, and the fact that they go out for consultation on such a stupid thing, why don't they just tell somebody in the DOI to get down there and sort it out? And why didn't they do that two years ago? Because they don't care about stuff like that. They'd rather go and organise a consultation rather than actually do something. That's one. Two, for the lack of discussion from the government, which we don't get any, com any discussion or any right to say anything or any comments, we don't go out to consultation on wind farms, where they should be or anything else, and we don't go out for consultation on the fact that we need to do more to stop climate change. We just go ahead and do what we think is a good thing from the government's perspective. Have a think about this. For every electric battery that's produced of one kilowatt hour, and Julian, you're more than welcome to go and check on all this. I've looked it up, and I don't know if it's right, but I think it is.
for every one of those batteries you shove in an electric car or a power bank or anywhere else, to produce that, because of the lithium refining process and everything else, takes 150 kilowatt hours of power, which is being produced, by the way, in China with coal-fired power stations. So if you look at our e-credentials, our, our economy or, or our clean credentials, it's rubbish because what you're producing is extremely toxic material, but also you're mining it on sites all over the world and leaving people with toxic environments. And then you've got the cheek to tell me it's clean energy because you've spent 150 times its own power from coal to produce it. It's just, I, I just don't see where it comes from. I, I don't have a problem with having electric cars, but I do have a problem with the lack of, shall we say, facts and figures that come out. And we get rhetoric instead of actual truth. Okay. Right. Before we go, Tony, I've got to, I'm mm -hmm. going to hold you to account now. It is, this is Feel Good Friday. Tell me one yep. thing about the Isle of Man that you absolutely love. The fact that you can go outside, walk around, people smile, and you don't feel threatened. Ask, ask, ask anybody else in the world, is there anywhere like that that you can feel safe? Because there's not that many places in the UK. And the, the, the beautiful thing about the island is the environment, except for the fact the roads don't work and half the other stuff doesn't work. But <laughs> the place itself to walk around is great. But if you can't go to a campsite because somebody can't do their job then that sort of detracts from its beauty, doesn't it? All right. Have a good weekend, Tony. You have a good weekend as well, Andy. Get a rest. Get a break. <laughs> All right. Take care. Uh, Bonzo's on now, Bonzo. Tell me the, your favourite thing about the Isle of Man, Bonzo. Oh, my favourite thing about the Isle of Man? Um, but it's the Isle of Man, really. Um, but it's <laughs> this wonderful, eccentric place in the middle of the Irish Sea. Uh, which has gathered in various uh, people from all points of the compass and produced this, well, um, <laughs> wonderful weirdness and um, bolshiness. Uh, <laughs> I think that's why uh, a lot of people, I think, especially from Yorkshire, find us quite... Uh, <laughs> and Australia, actually, find us quite... Um, you know, amiable okay. because of the fact we're so cynical and bullshit. What's and on your is, What's on your mind, anyway, Bonzo? Oh well, uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll just respond to Pearl for a moment. Pearl, 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 really? You know, do I do I like the sound of my own voice? Oh yeah, I, I listen to it all the time. I've got it on tape loops and stuff. And then, no, as I said, as others have said, you know, we phone in because well, you know, we love the place and um, we wanted to do better and. The fact is, as Teddy and other people have, have intimated, yes, I mean, it is, you know, there are some days when I was on the bus. Yet, uh, I was on the bus yesterday, going um, along Gandhi Bay. It was breathtakingly beautiful. Um, in a blue Mediterranean sea, the sun blazing across the uh, low sun blazing across the, uh, the across the water, a blue sky with just you know, a hint of lovely little clouds. You wouldn't be anywhere else. Um, but the problem is, it's so badly governed. <laughs> so, 
um, that's that's the problem. Um, but you know, other people like it. Um, so, you know, from all around the world, indeed, of course, there's there's quite a large part of the Manx diaspora in uh, Australia. And I certainly know two Australians who are very fond of the place, uh, musicians, one's called Darren Neuendorf, and another one is called um, Jeff Lang, um, who has won several arias, um, which is the kind of Australian Brit awards. Um, he's done some uh, television soundtracks and, and, other, and other things. But he's played here a, a few times. And even, because he loves the Isle of Man so much, he's even managed to put in one of his songs, and you'd have to ask Mark Tiley which one it is, because the, the title escapes me for the moment, but he's even put in a mention of Mananin's cloak in it. <laughs> so that's how, uh, you know, that's, that, that's how much they, uh, uh, they love us. Um, briefly on electric buses. Uh, I've seen that uh, Tim Glover and a few of the uh, MHKs have had a nice ride on the electric bus and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and in his comments on Facebook, he says that these buses are a half million pounds the unit. Not, I think, the million pounds which um, you were inferring from um, whatever you've been able to glean on the web from... It was Basel well, in uh, Switzerland. Ba- Basel have bought 124 and paid 126 million euros for them. Yes, well... It, well uh, you know, that depends what sort of you know, service level agreements and things that they have with the buses, rather than rather than the strict unit cost. Um, but with these buses, yes, they're very good. They're, 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 they took they took the bus to Ramsey and back, and uh, it still had seventy five percent of the charge in it. Um, they're doing tests now with uh, concrete stacks and whatever uh, in order to take it to its full load so they can then properly assess the uh, you know, the, the range and um, you know, taxing on the battery. But also, apparently, uh, with these electric buses, it is possible to, like, a bit like an airliner, to wet lease them so that the people who are providing them the service level of wet leasing, shall we say, Put in the charging infrastructure. They look after the batteries, all, all that stuff, uh, and we then have the uh, the buses, and they do all the stuff except drive and operate them. Well, here's here's hoping. I'm very disappointed. You and I didn't get an invitation to sit on one, Bonzo. Yeah, I know. It's not fair, is it? No. All right, got to go. Have a good weekend. Elliot, Thanks for being with us today. Uh, so, uh, any any comment about the Sulby Claddock no camping zone as it is now? Message in from Peter, who said, "Well, we've got lots of other campsites on the Isle of Man, and of course they charge. They make a living out of it. If the government's operating one where it's free, surely that's undermining everybody else." Glendoo, Laxey campsite, also during TT, the Yonkin uh, campsite, St John's Football Club have got one. Uh, Balakalin Court have got motorhome 
Thames, Lower Ballacotchet, Union Mills Football Club have a campsite as well. Lots of other campsites during TT. And if you're around the north, around Sulby Claddock uh, campsite, particularly, is it going to affect businesses, do you think? We are ready to go at B&B Furniture with a wide range of manager specials throughout the store. If it says I'm ready to go, then it is ready to go. Priced in store for immediate delivery and no long wait for stock to arrive onto the island. Get the furniture you're longing for with no wait, no deposit required and 0% finance available when you get ready to go at B&B Furniture. It's all here under one roof at the B&B Furniture three-story showroom in Snugborough. B&B You may have already heard about the new energy efficiency scheme, but you may not know just how easy it is to access the support and that more of you can apply for it. You could be eligible for £750 worth of free energy efficiency materials to make your home more energy efficient, reduce your energy consumption and to help lower bills. Check out our website today and find out if your household is eligible. Go online to costoflivingsupport.gov.im or call 686262. Every day is a taster day at King Williams College and the Booking School. Have your child come and experience everything our school has to offer by joining us for a bespoke taster day tailored to their interests. With a varied program, an average class size of 15 and an experienced team of pastoral and teaching staff, your child will enjoy a day at our school and discover our special community and school spirit. For more information or to book, call 820 or email admissions at kwc.im. See what's in store now at Ramsey Garden Centre. We've spring and summer bulbs and seeds and plants for tubs and borders. Plus onion and garlic sets, seed potatoes, spring planters and more, including azaleas, rhododendrons and roses, fruit trees, primroses and violas. There's something for gardeners young and old at Ramsey Garden Centre. And for exclusive offers, pick up a reward card today. Check on Facebook or call into Ramsey Garden Centre. Open seven days a week on Albert Road. Today marks the one-year anniversary since Russia launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. We've been hearing from people across the islands who've been instrumental in getting help to those fighting and fleeing the war-torn country. We'll take a look at how the events have unfolded and those affected, all the way to those who've been forced to leave everything behind. Listen in to the Ukraine war one year on, this evening from 6. This is the Isle of Man talking. The Man in Line. Master my 12 minutes before one. Wilf's with us now. Hi, Wilf. Hiya, hiya. Now, you remember me telling you about this private meeting we were having? Ah, uh, yes. Now, please, you're not going to get you and me into trouble, are you? I don't think so. Uh, <clears throat> being private, and they insisted it was private, I can't tell you any of the details. But I can tell you that I am pleased with the outcome. So you read between the lines. Oh, I see. Um, Do we know, I mean, is this going to be announced in any form in the future? It will be eventually, yes. Okay. It will be eventually. So everybody's happy today, Wilf. Hopefully, yes, yes. Well, they said to say something positive about the Isle of Man. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) Right. Oh, (laughs) thanks for calling, Wilf. 
All right. Okay. Uh, I'd love to phone man in line. Unfortunately, I have an illness uh, which affects my speech. Nobody would understand me. So I'm writing this. Terry dropped me this note. Any news from the steam packet on how long the new Manxman is going to be delayed for? Not as yet, Terry. We don't quite know. Uh, We keep asking the steam packet. And as soon as we get a a verification on when the Manxman's going to be here, we'll tell you. What I can tell you is uh, the Ben McCree's annual maintenance period's been brought forward ahead of the start of the main season. Uh, the vessel, the Ben, is going to enter dry dock at Camel Laird um, in Birkenhead on the 23rd of March, Thursday 23rd, and return to service uh, for the 8.45 Douglas Hesham sailing on Friday 31st of March. So Ben's final scheduled sailing before docking is going to be Thursday 23rd of March, 02.15 from Hesham. Mananan, um, which has been undergoing maintenance and a partial refit at Camel Laird, will return to service on the 23rd of March, dovetailing in for the Ben, covering the 8.45 and 2.15pm sailings via Hesham. The high-speed craft is then due to begin its scheduled daily sailings to Liverpool from the 31st of March. Obviously, the overnight, there will only be one freight sailing per day, but it will be stuffed to the gunnels. The Arrow will be carrying out an overnight freight-only service to and from Hesham, beginning with the evening departure on the 23rd of March. So the Ben uh, getting her uh, spit and polish for this year. Um, but uh, Manxman, as yet, uh, nothing. Everybody's being positive today. I've got lots of smiling emojis as well. Um, uh, uh, and a note in, uh, when is the government going to do something about the litter on Johnny Watterson's lane? It's a disgrace. Also, Bala Fletcher Road, they cut the vergers and left all the debris lying there talking to the visitors who returned after 10 years. And the first thing they noticed was the littering up the road to the Craig. It's one thing we've always been very proud of here, that there's not much litter. Uh, but some people do stuff litter into hedge bottoms, and when the hedges are closed, uh, are, are clipped out, it comes. Uh, and uh, the assumption is, there is an assumption that solar panels last forever, says this correspondent, Desmond. Thank you, Desmond. The only way you're getting your money back, uh, surely, is if you live forever. And say hi to Pearl. I know Pearl, says Desmond. Hi, Pearl from Desmond. Pearl's right, says Gary. The government we've got uh, is a disgrace, and people are complaining a lot about the wrong things. Well, I have to tell you, I started doing Man in Line in 1998. Everybody was complaining then so nothing much has changed we compl- the hot topics in 1998 I'll tell you off the top of my head the brand new Ben McCree everybody hated the brand new Ben McCree and everybody was always moaning about Manx Airlines at the time and now we'd have Manx Airlines back in a shot wouldn't we uh, anybody spotted the electric bus? How's the test going? Oh, and here's a note in saying, um, talking about Solby Claddock, uh, it was a significant headache for government for years. There's a view strongly held by many Manx people that the public right to common land includes the right to camp, although the law might suggest it's more to do with grazing your sheep. DEFA doesn't have a budget to manage the Solby Claddock site. It struggled to introduce adequate charging for a site that many believe have a, they have a right to camp on for free. 
the residents around the Sorby Claddock regularly kick off about the site. The local authority wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. The police regularly had to visit there because drunken youths were creating mayhem. The obvious answer that uh, the department reached 10 years ago was either to close it or find a business prepared to run the site commercially. It appears things just haven't moved on in 10 years. So uh, people will not be able to stay overnight at Solby Claddock during the 2023 season while the condemned toilet block is demolished and a consultation is carried out. Consultations absolutely everywhere. Excuse me, says Texter 505. Claddock's the last parcel of common land left on the Isle of Man. The government's got no business telling the public what we can do with it. I'm outraged, says Pammy. Thank you, 505. Uh, you mentioned the spend on our railways. I hope the government aren't going to ruin our fabulous railway systems. What is the news, says John? Going to do. Uh, we'll be mentioning the railways on Monday, and it's all to do with the amount of money that's in the budget for maintenance for our railway system, and also the fact that although Timwell's voted the money through and the policy through, they're still going to be coming back asking about the horse trams, taking the horse trams from Castlemona Avenue through to the C terminal. Uh, perhaps DEFRA are looking for another use for Solby Claddock's campsite. Maybe it's going to be the site of the Isle of Man's first wind farm, says G. The booking system is a sham for Solby Claddock, says uh, Texter232. Uh, you don't know, uh, one doesn't know what the other in the office is doing, and it happened to us. It worked better for people just to pitch up. Has Claire Barber ever actually been to Solby Claddock's? Ever been in a camper van? Does the government want them to park on Douglas Promenade? We personally don't mind paying a bit more. Just get the shower block and charge a pound for a shower. There are so many ways to make money. Well, if you did charge for the shower, I mean, I'm just being practical on this, you presumably have to have somebody there to police that and do it. That person would want paying. So immediately you then have an overhead. You have a, a, a human overhead. You have the cost of hiring somebody and if they're on staff national insurance holiday cover you see how complicated it gets well if the manx government can't even run a campsite what hope is there for the isle of man uh, and a note in from 753. <laughs> Hi, Pearl in Darwin. Nobody complains about the beauty of the Isle of Man. They complain about legitimate issues, often very serious, which haven't been addressed by the government or maybe just lip service paid to it, 753. Uh, regarding the Solby campsite, no wonder the department's recording a significant loss on the site. They haven't been paying for 24-hour security. Uh, Ramsey commissioners have put their campervan permits from Murrup Park from £100 to £100 from £30. Last year, the permit is free, but the administration charge is £100, says Nick. That's the way to do it. Say the permit's free, it's just the administration charge that's £100. Got a great message in. Positive call. This is a positive comment. I always turn the radio up when I hear Julian and his numbers. Love the sound of Julian's voice, this is. I won't tell you who it is, uh, Julian. 
put a new clergister in, probably less than a consultation, and make a charge, says uh, John. Job done. That's it. Thanks to Chris Quirk on the phones today. Have a fantastic weekend. W. I.